Ah, motherhood. One minute, your mom of the year. I love you, mommy. Then the next? Mm, not so much. From bath time to bullying, from potty training to puberty, parenting is full of challenges. But one thing is for certain, you are not alone. Welcome to Modern Mom Probs. I'm your host, author, mother, parenting expert, Tara Clark. Join me while we tackle today's Modern Mom Problems. Welcome to Modern Mom Probs. I'm your host, Tara Clark. If you like what we're doing here, remember to subscribe and to rate and review the show. Today's topic is talking about puberty with our daughters. I'm joined by Dr. Melissa Holmes and Dr. Trish Hutchinson. Dr. Melissa Holmes is a board-certified OBGYN with a specialty in pediatric and adolescent gynecology, mother of three girls, author, nationally recognized health educator, and co-founder of the leading digital health platform, Girlology. Dr. Trish Hutchinson is a board-certified pediatrician who works in college health, mother of two girls, author, nationally recognized health educator, and is the other founder of Girlology. Combined, these two women have more than four-plus decades of clinical experience and have dedicated themselves to educating mothers, caregivers, and young girls on puberty, adolescent development, sexual health and wellness, and parenting. Melissa and Trish, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Glad to be here. I'm so excited to be talking about this because as we discussed on the pre-call, I have a 10-year-old son, so puberty is top of mind for me. And although today we're going to be talking about female puberty, the topic is is still so like fresh in my mind. And and I still think about when I was a child and when I had the talk, and I'm using that in my quotes with my mom, she came up to me. I was watching a television show. I think I was watching cartoons. She walked up to me and said, Girls get something called periods and they wear pads. And then she walked away. And it was the most awkward 90 seconds of my life. I didn't get any information. I just said, okay, good to know. Thanks. And then I went on watching cartoons. And so the platform of Girlology obviously is designed to not have those awkward conversations with our daughters, right? So that we could provide, that you could provide the right confidence and empowerment for parents to be able to speak with with their daughters. So in Girlology's content, you really aim to inform and be a source of trusted information. It's almost sort of like a manual for the parents and caregivers and their daughters. So tell me a little bit about Girlology and what prompted you to start it. I'm going to go with Melissa. Yeah. So there is no manual, but we have worked on trying to establish it. But, you know, as an OBGYN, I just had too many patients who didn't understand their body or how it worked. And it caused them a lot of anxiety, but it also impacted their health. Like there were delayed diagnoses. There was some self-treatment of the wrong conditions. And Trish and I were working in the same hospital. We struck up a conversation one day about how many moms just didn't feel comfortable talking with their kids about their bodies or sex. And either they never got that talk themselves or they got one like yours, or they were worried about just not doing it right. Cause I think we all want to do a better job for our kids. And then 
you know, on top of that, we were both just really frustrated that we didn't have more time in our office visits to tell our young patients everything that they deserve to know. And they were honestly desperate to hear it. So we started this mom-daughter puberty education program way back in 2003 in our community of Charleston, South Carolina. And it took off like wildfire. We expanded the content beyond puberty. We had all these calls to keep doing more. We talked about sex and body image, reproductive health, mental health. And after our first book was published in 2005, there came, became kind of a national audience and the demand just outgrew what we could offer. So around 2017, we decided to create this digital platform. So we launched our app, which is our website as well in 2019. And today we have like over 500 on-demand videos and printable resources, some for parents, some for girls. And we take them through all the health and wellness topics that we think they deserve to know, like everything from pre-puberty to early adolescence. And we cover everything from puberty and periods to acne, anxiety, and body image. So that's kind of where we are today and how we got here. I love that. I had the opportunity to play on the platform and you're not joking when you say it really covers the gamut. I really wish that I had that myself when I was a teenager, (laughs) but even now as a 40 year old lady, I still find it helpful. So (laughs) I appreciate that. Trish, while I was reading through the content, it was really interesting to know that you can start discussing puberty as early as third grade. And I want to know like, does that surprise a lot of people? Do do people think that's early? Absolutely. They look at us like we're crazy when we tell them to start the conversation that early. But research shows that puberty is starting a bit earlier than three decades ago. So the normal age right now is currently 8 to 13. So that's third grade. And puberty usually starts with breast development or some more specifically that breast bud. And it's a hard knot underneath their nipple and it can be sore and maybe even lopsided at first. And I'll tell you a quick story of why it's important to talk to your kids. I had a a young girl who came into my office and we were checking her body, doing the exam, and I noticed that she had a breast bud. And, you know, I was so excited. I was like, oh, you started puberty. And she just started crying and it just broke my heart. And it was because her aunt had just been diagnosed with breast cancer. And so that's all she'd heard about is not and it was really scary for her. So it's really important to have these conversations with our kids so they understand what's ahead. And then that helps them face the changes with more confidence and much, much less anxiety. And the other thing is in our programs, it's really funny when we start these talks earlier with the kids, they are so excited about the body changes ahead. You know, if they're in the throes of puberty, they may get embarrassed to put their head down, but it's really funny. We'll talk about breast and they'll reach in their shirt and see if they have anything. They're just really excited about it. So wherever you are, just go ahead and start those conversations because they definitely need to hear about what's about to happen. Yeah, I I can speak like personally, I got my period at 10. So I was on the early side of hitting puberty. I remember that I also developed breasts before any of my friends did. And that was really embarrassing. And I was the only one. And even my mom, I remember one time she like, she didn't think I heard her, but she like made a comment to my grandmother about like, oh, she's, she's getting breasts. And I felt so shy because instead of saying something to me, she was like talking about me to my grandma and that hurt. And, you know, here I am 30 years later talking about that, but still, I think it's important to have those conversations with your daughters so that they don't feel called out. I remember my third grade teacher said to me, she noticed that I was slouching 
a lot because I was slouching to cover the fact that I had a chest. And so she said, no, be proud. You're turning into a woman. And so it's okay. You could put your shoulders back and you could stand up tall. And someday all of your friends will be women too. So, so there's no need to, to hunch yourself over to hide it. That had to be hard that she's telling you you're going to be a woman at that age, right? It was like, oh, I'm not a woman yet. I used to pull my T-shirt down tight because it made them smaller because I was an early developer too. So it is hard. It is. I think it's so important to have these conversations though because like reliving this now, having this conversation with you, it's just, yeah, I don't want other people to go through that. So Melissa, what are some of the biggest misconceptions or myths that you want to set straight about women hitting puberty? Or I should say females hitting puberty, not just women. <laughs> yes. Yes. There are a lot of myths and we, we hear so many and as we teach this across the country, but I think there's three that always come up. One is people think that puberty is just about growing breasts and getting periods. And it is so much more than that. There's a lot of things happening to the body. There's a lot to learn. There's hygiene. There's changes in the brain that are happening. There are bigger emotions that kids are feeling. And so when we talk about the puberty timeline, there are about 10 different topics we cover. And pubic hair, I mean, excuse me, breasts and periods are only two of them. So there's a lot to talk about. So that's one. The second one is that everybody thinks that these new hormones, and yes, there are new hormones circulating, are causing their raging moods. And (laughs) I will tell you that moods are not caused by raging hormones. Moods are caused by kids' feelings that are very real, but their new hormones can amplify their feelings. And so it's just really important that we acknowledge that her feelings are, are real. She needs to pay attention to those. They're important signals that she needs to be aware of, learn how to cope with. But we can't just blame. We don't just say, oh, she's moody because she's hormonal. We cannot blame it on hormones. And then my third myth that I hear, and again, as a, as a gynecologist and who focuses on pediatric and adolescent gynecology, I have a lot of moms who always say, oh my gosh, she's got vaginal discharge. I know her period is coming really soon. And that is a myth that is perpetuated in a lot of even health websites. And it's just not right. Vaginal discharge is an early sign of puberty. It's a sign that estrogen is circulating in the body. So as soon as breasts start to develop, she should also be starting to have some vaginal discharge. And it's important to make sure she knows what it is because again, it can be kind of scary to see this new stuff in your underwear and not know that it's, you know, it's normal. Those are the three that I think are the most common that we hear. We have a puberty prep ebook for parents. We call it puberty prep for proactive parents. We love alliteration. And I'd be happy to share that with your listeners. We can give you a link where they can download that. But it has a lot of those other myths in it. Yeah, there's so many myths, I think, that go into it. Sort of piggybacking on that, there was a debate on social media about two weeks ago about when to bring your daughter in for her first GYN visit. Can you shed some light onto that? Yes. So the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology recommends that girls see the gynecologist for the first time at age between the ages of 13 and 15. Now, they will not get a pap smear or a pelvic exam in most cases. And that's what everybody freaks out about. The other thing that a lot of people don't understand is that pap smears are no longer recommended 
as soon as someone starts having sex, we recommend them at the age of 21 and beyond, regardless of whether somebody has become sexually active or not. So that first GYN visit is really just to establish care so that if a problem comes up, you've got a GYN you can see. It's also to start some conversations that allow her to start taking more of a role in her reproductive health care. So the pediatrician is that trusted family doctor that has grown up with her. And sometimes she may not feel comfortable talking to the pediatrician about her emerging sexuality or sexual behaviors or reproductive health. There are a lot of pediatricians who are great at it, but there are many who are not comfortable with it. And so having that additional provider as a gynecologist can actually just give her one more person on her team who's helping with her health. That's great advice. Should it also be the mother's gynecologist just for like continuity of care or or should it not (laughs) absolutely not be that person? (laughs) Well, that's a good question because you confidentiality is a big part of adolescent development. And they're not going to be honest with their doctor if they think their doctor is going to turn around and tell their mom everything. Of course, we want kids and their moms to be, or parents just to be sharing as much information as they can. But sometimes it's just not the way it goes. So there are a lot of moms who come up to us and say, oh, my daughter, I think it's time for her to see the gynecologist, but I don't think my GYN has the right personality. So I mean, we're all different. And teenagers definitely need a GYN who likes teenagers. And that's not all GYNs. And there are adolescent medicine doctors who might serve that purpose. There are pediatricians who specialize in teens. There are some OBGYNs who love the pediatric and adolescent population. Yeah, that's helpful. Thank you. Because there was like this raging debate on TikTok about two weeks ago. And I was like, gosh, that that is a good question. I mean, I was in my teens when I think I went for the first time. But this particular mom who was talking about it, she was shocked that she brought her daughter in and they said no pap smear until 21. And she was like, but isn't that the whole point? And so that like launched a a big conversation about it. And so thanks for clearing that up. That's really helpful. Yeah. All right, Trish, I'm going to ask you. So on Girlology, they talk about everything from acne to developing breasts to odors, right? We don't even think about things like body odors and stuff like that. When specifically do you think parents should start talking to their daughters about periods and then also things like odor? Well, let's start with menstruation first. Is that okay? Because they're two different topics. So I mentioned that they need to have the conversation about puberty at third grade or earlier. And periods can be a separate conversation because I think too much at once is a little overwhelming. And also menstruation or first period is a couple years into it. So periods normally start anywhere between nine and 16. And don't be nervous because I said nine, because there's a lot of things that need to happen to the body before they actually start their period. And for one, it's usually one to three years after you notice those breast buds. But most commonly we can say two years because one to three is a huge range, but they'll also have a good bit of pubic hair that's pretty filled in if they allow you to check that out, which they probably won't. And then they just completed a bit of a growth spurt. So if you notice these three signs, it's definitely time to have the conversation. And please talk to them before this, because you know 40% of girls admit to being confused or unprepared for their first period. So it's kind of scary. And to those odors, never, ever, ever call them out on hygiene issues in public or private. Please don't say you stink, you smell, your breath's horrible. <laughs> My sister caught me in the back of our Vista Cruiser station wagon and told me that I had 
terrible body odor and I was devastated. So don't do that. So, but when it comes to her changing body, you know, her brain is dialing up her sensitivity and her self-consciousness. It's perfectly fine to let her know she's sending out some strong new odors, but tell her privately, let her know it's absolutely normal. And please offer some matter of fact advice that will help her feel aware and confident. And, and one thing is if you notice it, don't let it go unnoticed because it's better for her to hear it from you than as a joke among peers. And that matter of fact advice, basic hygiene discussions are important. In our girlology programs, what happens is we ask about what's the best way to get rid of your body odor. And they all immediately say deodorant, but it's so important to let them know that the shower is most important. And then it can't just be a shower without soap because soap is needed because, you know, once kids hit puberty, those hair follicles and the armpits and privates, they start, start to secrete this oily sebum substance and the bacteria on their skin absolutely love this. So body odor happens because of the mix of bacteria, this oily stuff and sweat. They have a little party. Actually, it's the bacterial farts, but that's the humor that you can also add to it if you want to. <laughs> so soap and water is so important. And if that doesn't work, then you can add deodorant or even an antiperspirant, but have those conversations with them. It's really important. Yeah. And then even body hair too. Like I remember when the hair on my legs was starting to come in thicker and darker and that was embarrassing in and of itself. Yeah. And so many parents ask us like, what's the right age to start shaving their legs? And there's really no right age. It's just when it starts bothering them. I always tell parents, if kids start wearing jeans in the middle of the summer, cause they're embarrassed of their hair on their legs, you know, let them shave it. But it's a personal choice. Some cultures never shave and some want to get rid of it as soon as they see it. And one big myth is that people think once you start shaving, it's going to grow faster. So parents are like, no, you don't want to start this yet, but it's really not true. It just becomes stubblier. Is that a word? Stubbling. Yeah, it's a word for sure. <laughs> okay, We're going to use that now. It's a word So now. you can feel it more, but it doesn't grow any faster. So it's definitely a self-confidence issue with kids. And if, if they ask you about it, then definitely have a conversation. And because if you don't, if you say a hard no with your kids, they're going to rebel and they're going to go hide and do it somewhere in their room with their dad's razor, which is not a good idea. So mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Can we role play a second, Trish? Sure. Let's, I want to role play for a second. I'm your 10-year-old daughter. How do you sit down with me and explain menstruation? Oh, that is a great question. Okay, so hopefully you have already had the conversation about puberty, right? And and if you've talked about puberty, I hope you've thrown in there that the reason for puberty is to repopulate the species or to have babies if you choose. And the reason your body goes through all these changes is because of hormones, right? And so hormones also go to certain bodies, parts of your body to make these changes. And one hormone actually goes to the uterus where babies grow. Babies don't grow in the stomach where spaghetti's floating around at night. Babies grow in the uterus. And so this hormone goes to the uterus and it starts to practice. So if a baby would be there, the uterus would be ready, right? So it starts to make this soft nest that can provide everything that a baby will need to grow. But since it's just practicing, there isn't a baby there. So what happens is that nest just comes out of the body and that's what the period is. It's a little bit of bloody fluid that comes from the uterus through the vagina and outside of the body. And that's it. And then what happens is it starts practicing again. It rebuilds that nest 
no baby, the nest comes out, and that's what the menstrual cycle is. And if you talk to it that way in medically accurate ways and not be like, oh, it's gross, you get this blood that comes out every month, you know, kids, the kids can tell how parents feel about menstruation. And so you just need to be really careful how you talk about it. But, you know, we just need to say our bodies are amazing. Look what it does. It builds this little special nest inside the uterus where the baby can grow. It's time for my biannual dentist appointment, and I'm so excited to not have to lie to my dental hygienist anymore about how often I floss since getting my new Slate Electric Flosser. I now floss every day because of how easy and effective it is to use this thing. It has over 12,000 sonic vibrations per minute, which stimulates my gums and cleans off all the gunk on my tongue. Having my mouth feel this clean is the highest form of self-care. Try it out today at www.slateflosser.com and use code MOMPROBS15 to get 15% off your order. That is such a great analogy, much better than the talk that I had with my mom watching cartoons. <laughs> Here, wear a pad. <laughs> that, that's wonderful. I think that's such a great takeaway. So a lot of kids went back to school in September, and obviously they did some back-to-school clothes shopping. What are your most recommended bra shopping tips? I feel like I need this even for myself. And is there a specific time to bring your daughter bra shopping? I'm going to give this one to Trish. All right. That's a great question too, because I know there's a lot of angst around bras and breast buds, right? But I mentioned that puberty can start anywhere between eight and 13 with breast buds. Well, some girls want bras even before they have a bud, right? Others are mortified for anyone to know they're wearing a bra. And some girls just want them because they're cute and their friends are wearing them. So, you know, your approach may vary based on the personality or thoughts your child may have around bras. So either way, it's important to remember it's her choice. There's no right or wrong age or answer. But if you do have a kid that's resistant, uh, maybe they don't realize that a snug beginner bra or what we used to call training bras can be more comfortable if she's having tenderness from those buds because those initial breast buds can be sore. Now, bras also provide some privacy. And as kids go through puberty, they become more modest and private. And, and one way is that it actually helps stop the jiggle. I always tried, like I said, pull my shirt down so I wouldn't jiggle. And it also stops the nipple from showing through their clothes, right? And another way it provides privacy is if she's ever changing clothes around friends or her family or a PE, it covers up her chest as well. So, you know, if she's ready or you may think she's ready, shopping can be a challenge. Maybe she's excited and wants to venture out or, you know, there's plenty of places online and that's great. But if she's resistant, consider buying a variety and let her try them on at home. We always say, don't take the tags off. You can return. But sometimes she really wants to, but she doesn't want to talk about it. She doesn't want to go shopping. So the bra fairy can, um, you know, show up some bras on her bed and she can try them on in her, in her bathroom. So it's kind of cool. Now, but what size can be a huge challenge, right? But with breast buds, you may start with like a cami or a shelf bra or a sports bra. And those are normally sized like our shirt size, small, medium, large, extra large, or 8, 10, 12, 14. But if she's past the bud and she's moved to a breast mound, right, this can be really confusing. Now, she still may want to wear tight sports bras, and that's okay if that's her choice. But if she wants to consider a grown-up bra that has that number and that cup size, 
that's when it gets confusing. And we do recommend you go somewhere for her to get measured. But if she's like, no way, nobody's going to measure me. Then what you can do is you just want to make sure that that cup actually holds all of her breast tissue. One breast may be bigger than the other. So make sure it fits both. And you want to make sure that the strap around her chest is not so tight that she's uncomfortable. So I think that's important. But one last comment, I think girls worry about stretch marks when they're growing so rapidly. And there is some research that shows that number one, these stretch marks are normal. Please let her know that. But with rapid growth, you know, a well-fitted and supportive bra can actually help reduce the severity of those stretch marks. Oh, that's really helpful. Like I said, that's helpful for an adult woman, let alone a a 13-year-old child. Thanks. I think I was 30 before I went and got size. I was like, wow, look at this fits great. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) I'm still wearing a training bra. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I feel like I sort of went back the other way, right? Yes. (laughs) Because now they're comfortable. So bras have really come a long way in the last like 30 years, maybe even probably in the last five years, I feel like bras have come a long way. So Melissa, as children are getting older, Girlology still has resources to help them, whether it be anxiety, red flags in relationships, sex ed, or even eating disorders. How can parents respect their daughter's need for privacy while also monitoring her development? Ooh, that's a... That's a big question. Let me start with the simple part of that. So when we talk about privacy and her development, I think our first thought is around her physical development. So of course, we need to respect her privacy as she's adjusting to her new body. I mean, let her adjust, give her the privacy she will most likely want. And the only reason to monitor is to really just make sure that there aren't any problems or concerns. And I think the best way to do that, I mean, she's not a child anymore. So you want to help her to know what changes to expect and when. And, you know, as I said, there's a predictable pattern. There's those 10 things that happen during puberty. She should be aware of what's happening next and what body most bodies are going to go through. And, you know, certainly there's some norms that we expect medically, like she should have breast development by age 12 and a period by age 16. And there's a lot of normal variations, but when she knows what to expect, she can self-monitor her physical development and let you know if she's worried. So we don't have to like say, let me see you naked. I mean, nobody wants to do that to their daughter, right? And, you know, I would also say that when we, we kind of monitor our children when they're young, mostly for, for safety and health reasons. And we need to realize that monitoring our adolescents should have the same focus, safety and health, but we just have to be careful that we aren't just being nosy or controlling. Our parenting mentality really has to shift. And that's how we begin to help her shift this monitoring responsibility to her. And that's going to teach her to be more independent and to advocate for herself. So, that, you know, the physical monitoring is easy. I think what's more challenging for parents when it comes to monitoring their children is, is how do we monitor their mental health? Because it is just such a big issue now. And puberty is the time when most mental health issues will begin for, for like adults who have mental health issues. Most of those start by the age of 14. So we know that growing girls are less skilled at monitoring their emotional and mental health. And so that's an area where, you know, as parents, we just have to watch for red flags. But we also have to do our best to support her in learning to cope with difficult emotions. I mean, it is so hard to see our children in emotional pain, but 
we're going to serve them best if we learn to support them working through the issues themselves rather than trying to step in and fix their problems or prevent them from having any of these problems to begin with. So, you know, I think it's just a super tough balance and I don't think any mom gets it right every time, but you know, the thing that worries me the most as a healthcare provider is things like mood disorders, relationship violence, eating issues. I think a lot of girls will fall into some concerning behaviors without recognizing they have a problem. So as parents, that's when we really need to be monitoring for those red flags and and seeking help when we have concerns, even if our daughters are denying that problem. So gosh, that's a, sorry, that's a long-winded answer to a really complex question. But I think the take-home message is just respect their privacy, work hard to stop being the adult in control, and shift to being the adult that just listens more and offers support. Mm-hmm. I think every adolescent needs that. Yeah. So what has the response been from young girls, moms, their caregivers in regards to girlology? I would say, gosh, we hear from a lot of moms that their daughters really enjoy the video classes and workbooks. I had one mom, she's actually a physician, and her, she said her 10-year-old daughter asked her every night, can we watch the puberty class again? Can we watch the puberty class again? So they love learning this information. And then we also have moms that tell us that they're learning things they never knew. And they're having more comfortable conversations and more frequent conversations about these body changes. And I think that's when we destigmatize some of these conversations and we disrupt this intergenerational silence around, you know, talking about our bodies and what they do. So that's what I love hearing from moms and young girls. And we hear moms also say like you did, Tara, I wish I had this when I was growing up. Yeah. It's (laughs) so important because I think, I mean, it's hard to say, but I feel like my adolescence would have been much different had I had I had the tools in place or the the proper conversations going into it. So Trish, what is next for you guys and for the platform? Yeah, we're excited about some upcoming things. One is we are going to start producing some tips that are specifically for young girls. We've gathered questions over the years and we're excited that we're going to have some young physicians, younger than we are, answer these questions. And, and you know, they're going to tell stories about themselves as they answer the questions so the kids will really be able to relate to them. So we're really excited about that coming up in the new year. We're going to cover everything from, as you mentioned, shaving to period accident, friendship issues, crushes, romance. So stay tuned for those. I'm also, Melissa and I are going to do some Instagram lives. We're excited about that. We're going to bring some experts and moms, just like you, Tara, to to share some stories, answer some questions, talk about common concerns with parenting during these times. And because it's not easy, especially when kids think that TikTok and Dr. Google have all the right answers. So we're excited about doing this. And I hope, will you join me on one of those? I would love to. Thank you for the invitation. Absolutely. Absolutely, Yes. I'll give you a date. I'm there. I'm absolutely there. Awesome. We're also going to be launching health coaching, which is coming in 2023. So there's a lot of young people who just need a little assistance learning how to manage this new adolescence. So things from friendship problems to body image and the health coaching will address issues for parents. Like we can't help girls with body image unless they're specifically their mothers, are doing a better job around body image. So we'll be launching a health coaching service, which I think is really exciting. And then the other thing I would add to this is that we're really just focused on growing our community and our memberships right now. So we would love to offer your listeners a discount code if if they want. So if they use the discount code, we can make it mom probs. How does that work? 
That sounds perfect. Mom probs. We'll give them a discount on a membership. That's excellent too. And I also just really quickly want to plug the book, Uology, because I read that. My son and I read it together. Last season on the podcast, we had Dr. Catherine Lowe on and she talked about having the talk and that was a great podcast episode. So I'm also going to plug that as well. And in the book, I highly recommend Uology for both males and females approaching puberty. Yes. Did your son like learning about periods? He may have skipped over that part. (laughs) (laughs) That's important too, though, because, right, we want to raise young men who are respectful and get it. And so that's one of the reasons we liked combining the the information for for everybody to learn about everybody else. Yeah. I, I'm, he and I are very close. And so he'll tell me things when he wakes up in the morning about his body. That happens sometimes to boys when they wake up in the morning. And so I say it's perfectly natural and you're growing up and don't worry about it. And, and so I think having these open, honest conversations are really, really the key to raising children who aren't feeling bad about their bodies, that aren't feeling bad about the fact that they are growing up or how they're growing up or why their body looks a certain way. You know, all of those things that we were going through, you know, 30 years ago, I just want to be able to raise a more empowered and confident group of children. Absolutely. And Tara, if you're having those conversations with them now, you're going to be the go-to person in the future when things are a little more sticky. So it's awesome that you're having these conversations now. Thank you. I I appreciate that. Trish, Melissa, thank you so much for joining us. We covered so many different topics right, right across the board from acne to bra shopping to periods and breast buds. I appreciate you both so much. And I appreciate the platform of Girlology because... I've learned a lot and I hope everyone else does too. So thanks for joining. Oh, thank you so much. This is great. Enjoyed it. Thanks. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Modern Mom Probs. I hope you enjoyed our deep dive in today's problem with me, your host, Tara Clark. Join me next time when I'll be interviewing another great guest and tackling another modern mom problem. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review and a rating. As always, you could head over to Modern Mom Probs on Instagram and give me a follow or check out my book, Modern Mom Probs, A Survival Guide for 21st Century Mothers, available online wherever books are sold. Well, that's it for today. See you next time, folks.